Welcome to episode 18 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. It is a little bit of a grim moment for the Blue Jays, one of those times when our name doesn't feel appropriate, but I thought maybe we could start on something positive, which is Robbie Ray, who, you know, after that start this week, is looking truly ridiculous and, you know, something not suspected by anyone, kind of kind of snuck up on us, potential Cy Young candidate, Robbie Ray. Yeah, he's been real good, especially lately. Like, I mean, just as the season has progressed, I think he's gotten better and better, uh, which is uh, which has been great. It's been super fun to watch. Uh, he was brilliant again uh, this week. Going to get himself paid. That's, I mean, that's sort of the the concern, you know, as much as everything that's great about it is. I'm, I know, we're, I guess we're trying not to be grim, but it's like the Jays' two best players are are, are free agents. So um, <laughs> that's a, that's a bit of an issue. Uh, but as for what it is, for what it is in this season and what he's doing to help this team right now, I mean, it's incredible. It was funny to watch it play out on Twitter because I think I saw a tweet from a friend of the show, Dan Schulman, our first ever guest, and it was like, oh, Robbie Ray might be winning himself the Cy Young. And my first instinct was to think, come on, that's got to be bullshit. Like, we're right. getting swept up in this moment a little <laughs> bit here. Uh, and then I went to the numbers and, you know, he's, you know, he's first, a lot of people are quoting first in war by baseball reference, mm-hmm. um, you know, fifth by fan graphs. Those are, you know, the baseball reference one is based on ERA. So it's based on like runs against you. Fan is based on peripherals. Um, I don't know which one voters tend to favor these days. I would guess the baseball reference one because that kind of sweeps up more the old school type of voters who aren't even looking at these type of numbers. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, third in innings pitched, which is something I never thought you'd see from Robbie Ray, like a guy who'd never pitched into the sixth last year. And, you know, he has a reputation for being a guy who, you know, is kind of fastball slider, gets hurt third time through the order, which is actually still a little bit true even this year. Like he's been yeah. so good first and second time through. And he ha- he has given up some damage late in those games when they've pushed him. But yeah, it just, it never occurred to me in my mind. It was, oh, Robbie Ray's having a really great season. Like I was appreciating that. I'm watching these games. He's been incredible, but it never struck me like, oh, wait, he's at the very, very, like the question before was like, oh, who's the best Jays pitcher? Like who would they put in if they right. made the wild card? <laughs> and it was, and the answer was sort of like, oh, it's probably Robbie Ray, but it wasn't even definitive. Like some people when Barrios first came over and he was rolling might've said it's him, you know, Ryu is sort of staff ace in name only at this point. But it's like, oh, wait, not only is Robbie Ray definitely the Blue Jays' best starter, he is also maybe the best starter in the American League. Yeah, it's true. And it, I mean, it's something that, I, you know, we've kind of watched along the year, I think. Like, I know I've looked at the baseball reference uh, war leaders for pitchers, uh, you know, a couple months ago. And it was like, oh, hey, you know, Robbie Ray's having a good year. He's, you know, in the bottom of the top 10, you know. Um and his month of August has just been ridiculous, and it's uh, it, it's really I think changed that narrative and, and absolutely literally pushed him into that conversation. But it has definitely kind of come as a surprise. And I think you're right. Like, you know, if you have a choice of these starters to start in Game One of a, a postseason series, it has to be Ray right now. Uh, <laughs> you probably don't at this point have to worry about that. But uh, but no, it's been pretty remarkable. Got to get gonna get that Zach Wheeler money. Good yeah. for him. Oh, he, yeah, he's going to make a lot of money in the offseason, especially if he gets a hard run. I, you know, it's fine. Like, this conversation has started the whole Ray Cy Young thing. I don't think he'll ultimately get it. And it's not because maybe he won't pitch well enough. I just think if all things are being equal, they'd probably rather throw it 
not rather, but people are more wrapped up in what, you know, a Lance Lynn is doing. I know Garrett Cole is a bit of a divisive figure, but his numbers are there. Like Ray is just mm-hmm. the less well-known of those guys and the one who's pitching for a probably not playoff team. So I, I can see him getting hurt there. It's, you know, as a, if you're a Blue Jays fan, it's interesting. Like, would you cheer for him to get this award knowing that it would make it harder to retain him? Or would you cheer? <laughs> but like, you know, it's a... It's all about the, you know, Blue Jays have actually had a surprising number of Cy Youngs, more than their fair share. But it's, uh, you know, it's a historical thing. So to be a part of watching that season and also he's this, you know, kind of singularly fun guy to watch and with his grunts and his pants, like he's not someone you'll forget. You'll all in 20 years, if Robbie Ray goes to another team uh, and he's never really, if he's never a Blue Jay again, in 20 years, people are going to remember Robbie Ray. Yeah, I think that's I think that's definitely true. I mean, we talked about the pants earlier uh, in the season, as I recall, uh, just about that being memorable and about him being a pioneer. Uh, but yeah, I I think you know if you're a Jays fan, you want to cheer for him to get that award. Absolutely, it will be weird to see him maybe in another uniform uh, accepting it at the start of next year. Should that happen? Uh, but also, there you know there uh, I wrote about Ross Atkins on Bob McCowan's podcast this week, and he was talking a bit about it and and how. Uh, you know, obviously being coy about the re-signing stuff, but but uh, spoke about how you know quickly he re-signed here in the off season and uh, about the enthusiasm he had for working with Pete Walker, and obviously uh, that's a relationship that can be meaningful uh, in in and maybe you know break ties if you're out there on the free agent market. You know, uh, we all remember AJ Burnett. <laughs> the Jays had uh, Brad Arnsberg was the pitching coach who was Burnett's favorite, who they'd hired like a couple years ahead of time, uh, and that was part of the. Uh, the push that helped them, you know, get that over the line uh, and and really make Toronto like appealing to him. So, uh, you know, it, it, I wonder if you're Robbie Ray, if you're like, okay, you know, can I do this without Pete? I, I would think that, you know, pro athletes generally believe in themselves enough that that's probably, he will take whatever, you know, the biggest check in front of him is. Uh, but that's obviously been such a great relationship and has worked so well. And this is such a good upcoming team, you know, uh, it, I, 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 he, I feel, is more likely maybe to stay in the Marcus Semyon, uh, but also they're going to have to pay the price, and it's going to be a big, big price. Yeah, it's not often that you see a pitcher who is sort of inclined to stay with the Blue Jays, kind of all things being equal, right? Like, you get an impression that if the Blue Jays are willing to pony up sort of the amount of money someone else is, he's not maybe going to leave just to leave. And a lot of times because, you know, because we talk about sometimes the Blue Jays are in Canada and that is a stumbling block for some American players. Like it has nothing to do with Canada being a bad country or Toronto being a bad city and people go down that rabbit hole. It's not about that. It's about it being a foreign country. Players have families and kids and them having to deal with passports and everything is new. It's just it's an inconvenience for them. So a lot of times all things being equal, they don't choose Toronto. You know, Toronto has to pay more. And that's especially true with pitchers because they don't want to come and pitch. Uh, in the AL East and at Rogers Center and stuff. So normally the Blue Jays are kind of behind the eight ball when it comes to retaining a big pitcher or signing a big pitcher. And this appears to be one of those few cases where, um, you know, not that they're necessarily in pole position. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's still probably less than 50-50 that it happens, but they're in a better spot to keep Ray over the long term than they would be with most guys. And they need him. Like behind Barrios, yeah. Manoa, and uh, 
Who's the other guy that I'm Ryu? But, Ryu, yeah, that's that's an important one. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. want to. After watching him yesterday, I don't particularly want. Yeah, to I, I, he just <laughs> he wiped himself from my memory with the one bad start. No, anyway, but behind those three, like you got Pearson, who we you know we, we still like, but you cannot trust. Mm-hmm. And then internal options are not good. Like we're talking about Thomas Hatch and stuff. So there is this marriage of the Blue Jays need Ray. Ray seems to like the Blue Jays. Ray's found success with the Blue Jays that he hadn't found elsewhere. That it, the pieces could come together um, nicely. That's no guarantee they will, but it's easier to envision that scenario maybe than it would be with a different pitcher or even with Semyon. I think that's true. I think that's true. I, my hope is, and I think the Blue Jays' hope is, uh, you know, that they're. I think that in years past, uh, it's just so easy to go to. You know the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, like the t- the big teams. But also, part of that is that you're all like there's a demand to always be winning, and that you're you know you're going to win year in year out, and there's that commitment. And the Blue Jays were always not that team. Like you could sign for five years with the Blue Jays and just end up in a rebuild. Like it it was there it, that was volatile, and I think that that's part of the project that Shapiro uh, and Atkins are are you know embarking on here or have have embarked on here. Uh, is to is is to change that narrative about the Blue Jays and to make them uh, more of a of an organization where people and especially I mean right now you can just see it with the core and with you know the Blue Jays are going to be good for several years I think you could be more comfortable signing here uh, long term George Springer obviously thought that as well last you know money is a huge factor the bigger factor but uh, but I, I always wondered if that was you know as much as the Canada stuff if that was also a big reason that people were being held back from uh, really embracing. What is obviously, as we all know, a great place to to be and to live, uh, and also, man, I was uh, I was very generously yesterday given tickets to the Ticketmaster Lounge, which is where the uh, press box used to be, which is like a you know the real expensive lounge. Uh, it was it was wonderful. It was cool. Uh, I felt like a giant imposter, uh, but it, it really hammered home like the way that you know on the business side they've transformed the organization in that sort of way it's like you know this isn't milwaukee you could tell there's wealth pouring into this stadium and they're they recognize uh you know what they have in that location and in downtown toronto at the heart of you know canada's financial districts and and where just so much of the money in this country is uh you know just making it look like a a world-class organization and and you know the seeing how they handled that makes me think about how you know they're probably doing it on the same side with players and and you know whatever the you know the clubhouse and the new player development complex and i think all those things are 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 part and parcel of that you know what i'm saying the 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 project of trying to uh to just make this a better thing and make this not a team that's sort of an also ran and and not in the minds of of you know big time free agents and uh you know hopefully we start to see some gains from that and maybe Ray especially with the relationship with Walker is a guy who uh where that makes a difference because they they very obviously are uh uh catering to uh to their players and to their wealthiest fans yeah and it's it's been two straight off seasons where they've signed a huge free agent you know mm-hmm. that's that's a statement of intent like you said they kind of want to be a world class organization they want to elevate the brand and I think before, you know, in the kind of Anthopolis Beeston days, it was a little bit like, oh, we're, you know, we're plucky swashbucklers mm-hmm. and we're we're going to take on the misfit toys, the guys with character issues, and we're going to take a chance on talent and we're going to make those really bold trades that maybe other teams don't make. 
and we're kind of getting by on guile and whatever. And I think people, you know, they have criticisms for Shapiro and Atkins about this feeling like a more generic product in a sense. Mm-hmm. But like the reason this feels generic and it feels like something that's been done before is because they are, yeah, they're modeling the organization after, you know, the Dodgers and after, and they're not there yet. They're not, they're not there yet, even internally, like in terms of, you know, analytics, horsepower and, you know, coaching horsepower, just like the amount of money that's in the Dodgers, like they're not there yet. They may never be at the very, very top, but um, yeah, this front office has seen, okay, this is what it takes to build this sustainable winner, which is what they're kind of obsessed with. That's their North Star. And you see them working towards it. And signing a guy like Ray would be a big part of that. And I, he also, like we talked about sort of his opinion of the Blue Jays, which seems to be high, and how the Blue Jays need him. Another factor with him is that he's relatively young. Like he's a, he hasn't turned 30 yet. He's about to turn 30. And a which lot is of the- always stunning to me, frankly. <laughs> I always feel he and he feels like he's been around forever. Uh, like I guess I guess he's been around a while, but yeah, it, it boggles my mind that he's twenty nine. He gives off sort of like gym rat <laughs> dad vibes, like yeah. the so like he he does seem older than that for sure. Um, and so he's a guy who fits their time. Like a lot of these free agent starters uh, this off season are these really old guys at the tail end of their career who are like legendary guys and the Blue Jays probably aren't going to get anyway. Like, I'm not sure if they're going to get consideration from those guys and that makes Mm -hmm. sense. But also Ray is someone that if you see your window, I mean, I guess they see their windows forever. Uh, That's the whole point, but like they're, (laughs) they're definitely going to have Vladdy for the next four years after this year, for instance, like you'd Mm -hmm. like to think that they would extend him, yada, yada, yada. But if you call that one window to look at, like, you know, that's Ray's 30 through 34 age seasons. Like, those should be good years for him. And uh, and that's I think that's a big part of it, too. He fits the team that way. Like, it is nice that they've signed, like, Ryu and Springer, and they've been willing to invest in older guys and whatnot. But I think it also helps to remember that, by and large, this is a young team and, and signing, like, younger free agents um, as opposed to going for the very oldest guys is helpful as well in terms of just the way the team fits together. Yeah, they should uh, they should give him a whole bunch of money, I think, is uh, <laughs> is what it comes down to for me. And uh, like, He's a guy also who, you know, I mean, 2019, 2020 were not great, but, he, but otherwise, like even as his prior self was still productive when he was still, when he was walking guys and, and you know, not going as deep into games. And, uh, uh, you know, that track record may scare teams a little bit but you know i don't know i think that i think that any blue jays fan who's watched him all year has to believe that this is this is just what he is now uh and i think that's you know going to be worth what i mean i zach wheeler is the comp because he was the same age and had you know similar numbers as of uh as of a few weeks ago but ray may be you know setting himself up for an even bigger payday and i think that was what like six six one eighteen or five one eighteen something yeah, it was like in that, that ballpark because um, yeah, a lot of money which was well spent as it turns out yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. I think that uh, this seems like a cool guy to bet on. I mean, it's easy to say after a performance like that, obviously. Um, but uh, but yeah, letting him get to market and letting him letting other teams pull him away, I feel would be a bad idea. Uh, I, I think that they're it seemed based on what Atkins was saying with McCowan with that, uh, that they're probably going to let those guys te- test free agency. Semyon, I think he at least was like, oh, there's going to be a good market and we'll be in it. So it was basically conceding that there wasn't going to be an extension. I thought Ray, he was maybe a little bit softer on the the less definite, I guess, about uh, the the idea that he would 
end up in free agency, but uh, but it seems like that's sort of they 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 are preserving their financial flexibility for whatever happens this winter. But the, that's already sort of trying to starting to take shape, and I think that you know you can have a real big win uh, right away if you just give Robbie Ray the the market money and be happy about that. Like that would I think be uh, great for the team, and I think the fans would embrace that too. I mean, the results speak for themselves. Make him the first guy to sign in free agency two consecutive seasons. That may it's possible that that's <laughs> never been done. One tiny nitpick on uh, the whole Ray thing on Wednesday. There was so much fun fact about most strikeouts by a left-hander in Blue Jays history, and I found myself thinking like that's kind of bullshit. That's kind of cheating. <laughs> like it doesn't matter if a guy's left-handed or right-handed. That doesn't affect how many strikeouts he can get. So that that felt like a cheap way to. Um, really boost what a and a performance that didn't need boosting. We all saw it was fantastic. We don't need your kind of warped fun fact, but maybe that's just <laughs> me that gets bothered by those things. That's yeah. That's I mean yeah. We you're eliminating a large portion of the pool there. It kind of makes it less impressive uh, if you have to cut off you know all the right-handers. I mean, oh okay, more than David Price and Jimmy Key and you know whatever whoever else they've had. I, Gustavo Chassin more than any, yeah. <laughs> any of his performances. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did, did want to get to another pitcher in the starting staff, one of them whose name I have not forgotten, although maybe I should as well. Um, a lot of kind of chatter around the Jose Barrios trade after another bad outing, which is interesting. It's funny to see Austin Martin's name trending in Canada. <laughs> like That's when you know that, uh, that people are running away with it. I thought it was a, it's a little bit silly. Like, here's the thing. There's no doubt that Brios has been a bit disappointing. He's mm. had good outings, but like on balance, if you take his, everything he's done, he's been a bit disappointing. And also, I think you traded for a year and a half of him, and it looks like half of the year is not really panning out if the Blue Jays don't make the playoffs. So that's not necessarily his fault, but like sort of the, the idea of this trade was, okay, here are the two sections. We're going to get half a year, and then we're going to get a year. One of those is not going as planned. So that's significant. Like that's a third of what they traded for is going a little bit sideways. That being said, um, he's going to be a huge part of the rotation next year. He's probably going to be very good. And if people are paying attention to the other side, like Austin Martin, I guess they're paying attention because he's trending on Twitter. Uh He's doing the exact same thing with the Twins that he was doing with the Blue Jays. He's he's getting on base a bunch and slapping the ball around, which is not the worst thing in the world. But the the concerns about Austin Martin haven't suddenly gone away. Uh, Simeon's Wood Richardson is, hasn't even pitched uh, for the Twins organization yet. So it is weird to have that kind of narrative of like, oh man, another bad start from Barrios. This trade's looking shitty. And I just don't think that's fair. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It, it, it's... Uh... You know, I, I wrote about it. I posted, you know, the the Statcast uh, percentile rankings, which you know are weird for him, but also the results don't match that. Like he's had such a huge track record of success, being exactly the guy that he has been. I think his BABIP with the Jays is like three ninety two right now, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's been bad luck. Like you know, he's got hit. There's been a lot of hard hit balls, and it's been mildly concerning to say the least. Uh, but yeah, it, it's. I think you just for me, you have to separate. Uh, you have to just understand the nature of baseball a little bit too, right? Like I saw somebody I made just snarky comment about who was just being like, "He's here to deliver." Like we're, you know, this you got to do it. It's about, and it's <laughs> you like you got to do it. And it's like you know, I mean, I'm just making fun of his way, but like 
I don't think he said that particularly, but he, but but deliver was in the tweet that he was, and it's like you know you just I don't know the ball leaves your hand and sometimes stuff happens. I, I it, it's a little bit out of your control, and you know you're that's why there's 162 games, or that's that's the beauty of it is that that you know it is such a, a volatile sport, and that you know it takes a long time for these trends to sort of normalize, and and you know guys have blips. I remember Roy Halladay having. You know, a few bad games. I think it was post appendix surgery. You know, some of the it just it that's just stuff that happens. Like this is just a guy who has been rock solid and been clear. You know, for years what he is, which is a, a guy who's going to have a an ERA between like three fifty and four and a bunch of strikeouts and and stay dur you know be durable and and give you a ton of great you know innings and and be a very very effective pitcher in the in the big leagues and. Uh, there's just there's no reason to think anything different of him, even though these starts have been bad. And and you know I there there's not much to say about it. It's just unfortunate, I think, as opposed to like there's some personal or professional failing of Jose Barrios is like on his end, right? I don't think that that's what's happening. It's just you know it just hasn't gone well, and it has he hasn't adjusted that well to life with his new team, and that can be you know that 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 could be tough, I think too. So. Uh, it's weird. I don't, I, I, I get why fans are obviously like, oh, the, I can't believe this is happening, but you know, I don't think it's about him or about the trade that, that you're really mad at. Like the, the trade is still a very good one. I think, uh, even if you're absolutely right, like part of it was like a third of it was for this year and, and that's obviously not going well. Yeah. And you know, over the, you mentioned sort of people's perception of the game being a bit flawed and that's a, it, it's tough because you don't want to be like oh you're, if you're a fan like you're dumb and the way you're looking at the game is wrong <laughs> right, like yeah. i don't want to be that person yeah and i stopped being that person years ago <laughs> not that many years ago but a couple of years ago yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, but there are moments where you you do see the discourse sort of takes a turn where it just focuses on such small blips in season like you know vladdy's slump at this point is pretty extended and there's you know there's a little bit more to that maybe um but you know barrios has had a couple like literally sort of a couple bad starts and over the course of a season that would happen and sometimes it you know he's got five starts of the blue jays a couple of them have been good too like mm -hmm. over the course and of a couple have been like a rough first inning and then great for four or five more innings after that over the course of a season, especially a guy who's not like truly, truly dominant is going to have stretches like that. And it's people want to find meaning in what they're seeing. And sometimes there isn't. Sometimes like Jose Brios was always going to have a bad stretch of starts at some point in the season. And it sort of happened to happen now. And maybe mm -hmm. there isn't a perfect, like, like you said, maybe he's had some tough things adjustment. Maybe there is a way to explain it, but maybe there's not like, a lot of the times people have, or like even with Vladdy slump, like people are bringing up, oh, this is, this, this, this is happening. And like, trust me, I'm someone who likes like di diving in and breaking things down. And I do that as much as anybody else. But also like the reality is that people go through extended slumps, even people in the midst of like very good to special seasons. And um, yeah, there might be a reason for it that you can identify, but then you never you never know when it's going to end. Like tomorrow, Vladdy could hit three bombs, and then suddenly he's going again. And uh, yeah, it's just everything is so heightened right now because the Blue Jays' playoff odds are kind of on the edge of a knife. And as a result, 
I think that there's just so much that's being read into everything. And Barrios is fine. He's a very good pitcher. Like I said, he's going to be a huge part of what they do next season. And if you didn't like the trade at the time and you feel like this is a nice little confirmation bias moment for you, that's fine because it's only gotten a little bit worse since the trade. But if you were unsure about the trade, now is not the time to say, oh, you know what? It just didn't work. Yeah, that's true. Though, unless unless the reason you didn't like it at the time was because you thought they should be sellers. I've got some pushback on those oh, some people with memories on that. who are like, oh, yeah, now, now do you believe they should? Like, I, I was, you know, I did mock some people about, <laughs> about you know. Uh, you can't I think go during cold the, the big first homestand. Like, people. You gotta, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I would, you know, I was just like, imagine thinking the Blue Jays should, be, should, should have been sellers. Like, after that uh, amazing first homestand uh, where things were actually looking good. Um, but also I, I think that still that was, you know, that would have been a disaster had they not, you know, tried to make their team better. I, I think, frankly, they should have gone harder. Frankly, you know, man, watching Ryan Tapera, uh, that would have been a nice guy to get for the bullpen as opposed to say Brad Hand. <laughs> yeah. Tapera, I mean, Tapera is a great example of a guy who is, you know, not that guy who is going to cost an arm and a leg, but also someone who's worthy of high leverage relief outings right now which is uh yeah and i think you know he's above soria and he's probably you know a little bit above hand in terms of what he would have cost but probably not a lot i mean yeah it, you know it's easy to go back and be like they could should have traded for x y and z because there's tons of relievers yeah. that were available and tons of them are probably doing all right right now and brad hand is decidedly not doing all right so uh that there's a different ways i could have played it and i definitely I, I like being on record as never liking Brad Hand deal, but it went much <laughs> worse than I could have anticipated. That's for sure. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, I mean, I still, I, 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 I'm not worried about losing Riley Adams, but yeah, no. In terms of, you know, it's losing games, choosing, not Riley yeah, Adams. The value of the games yeah. loss, not the Riley Adams loss. Yeah, uh, it was it was a bit cl- too clever by half. I think like, oh, we'll pay nothing for this guy who used to be great, and we'll fix him like we did. Robbie Ray, or you know, uh, how well Taiwan Walker came in last year. That that absolutely did not pan out. And um, you know, uh, we'll have time at the end of the season to assess that. We're we're getting a bit grim, I guess, which is uh, which is fair based on how the this has been a better week than last week, which is crazy to think. And uh, there's some winnable games ahead. You know, I, I was chatting at the game yesterday, and it's like you know, they're they're. Things aren't looking good, but it's like it's not stop paying attention time yet. Like, you know, all the games are still super engaging and they, they you know, they still have enough of a chance where you want to keep watching every night. Like, I don't think we're at that stage, even though every single day people are like, well, that's it. The season's over, uh, which we can stop with that now, please. Um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a hard not to be a little bit down after uh, after what a letdown, you know, most of this month has been. Yeah, and in in particular that series of the Tigers, right? And we've talked before about you know, people when you play shitty teams, you're like, oh, I can get all these wins, and that's not the way it works. You're going to lose mm-hmm. a couple of those games, but losing those in the way they did, yeah. Uh, again, I think there probably was a bit of an overreaction in the discourse, like so many rock bottom headlines out there. Like I like to scroll through Blue Jays aggregator, see what's going on on like, mm-hmm. it's got everything. There's a little, little free plug for Blue Jays aggregator. Uh, great if you're a Blue Jays fan. But anyway, so you scroll through that and the words rock bottom, if you like control F search them, <laughs> you would find them like regardless of the outlet. And 
I, I get it, but the, it, it went a bit far for me. Like sometimes they had the, there was a lot of people who were like, whoa, what if the Blue Jays had AJ Hinch instead of Charlie Montoyo? And, and then, then they would have beaten the Tigers and then the season would be good. And I don't know, like pining after AJ Hinch seems like a level of desperation I don't really care to engage with. Yeah, no, the Charlie discourse, I don't need that either. <laughs> Basically, I mean, I you know, it wouldn't be my first draft pick if we're drafting a manager from you know to start a team from scratch. Do you want a but... guy who bashed a bunch of computers with a baseball bat? Like that's kind of all you need to know about him. Like that's how <laughs> he solves bit. his problems is by not yeah. talking to anyone and smashing computers with a baseball bat. Not a, not not yeah, not a, not into him either. Uh <laughs> but yeah, the Charlie stuff. Uh, Weird decisions sometimes, but I think that there's so much, you know, going on. And we've talked about this, but, you know, in, in behind the scenes and there's so much input from everywhere. And even though, you know, he's the manager and has to wear them, it's I still it bothers me when people are like, this is a stu- the stupid man is ruining the team. And it's like it's like it is just not nearly that simple. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to pick one guy to scapegoat, and I get it. People love to scapegoat. Always have, probably always will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why not go go for Brad Hand? He's he's only been here for a while. He's not <laughs> going to be here much longer. Um, you don't you're not going to form a relationship with him as a fan, uh, as a person. So just kind of let your distaste for the situation reside with him, and I think it'll be a healthier situation. Yeah, and I would, and I think that's true. And I also, well, we'll we have lots of many months to talk about it. But I'll, I would, in, in Charlie's favor, just something that I was thinking of the other other day is. Uh, you know the defense has really tightened up a bit. You know, I think that 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 was at, at one point. You know, at some one of the other rock bottoms, it's like, oh, the defense. <laughs> one is of going the many to, rock bottoms. Yeah, it, it, that's going to be the reason that the team loses. Like they just they they too many mental mistakes, and they've been pretty good with that. Uh, it's just been execution lately, and it's like, yeah, that's that's how baseball works. Like that's sort of how like that's how seasons go. I've watched many. <laughs> sometimes it's sometimes it's helpful to watch other teams too and sort of pay attention to what's going on with them. And it's like, you know, it's nothing is that was a nothing great, is linear. Great example when they win that game on a wild pitch and people are like, "Whoa, that can happen to other teams as well." It's like, yeah, it does. <laughs> Even really yeah. good teams yeah. sometimes lose games in very stupid ways. And like the runners in scoring position stuff, like. That's probably my least favorite genre of mm-hmm. uh, baseball because you could do it for <laughs> any game, almost any game the team loses. Like, look up what they did with running and scores, runners in scoring position. It's probably like maybe a two for ten or a one for nine or something. You can go to like when I was writing more sort of game stories on a regular basis. Like, if you wanted to make that the story. Blue Jays can't execute in big spots, lose game. You can do that for basically any game. Like there's some games where the bats just don't wake up to the extent they don't even get anyone on base. But the majority of the time, if the Blue Jays lose a game, you can find a big moment where they didn't come up with the hit. And earlier in the season, and I'm not talking way earlier, I'm talking earlier in the summer, they were literally first at hitting in runners and scoring position. Yeah. <laughs> so like, do you guys think that they've just suddenly had this mental block where they're never going to be able to do it again. Like, this is the sort of thing, again, the volatility of baseball. This is the sort of thing that happens sometimes. And maybe, like, it's self-perpetuated a bit. Maybe there's a little bit of tenseness because they're, they're noticing it and they want to break through and it's, you know, it's causing them to, be you know, grip the bat tighter, be a little bit, I don't know, press, however you want to put that. Maybe there's some of that going on. But at the end of the day, that's not going to keep happening for a month and a half. 
Like, it's just these guys are good hitters and they're going to get hits in big spots and they're going to win some games. It's just right now that's not happening. Like, it's just there's nothing to say about it, I guess. Like, in my opinion, there's just nothing. It, this is just something that's happening and I, there's no profound reason for it and there's no reason to expect it'll continue. So why are we spending so <laughs> much time on it? Yeah, I, for, for me, and I, I think I wrote this yesterday, but the, you know, the late and close issues that they've had, you know, and their problems, you know, in late innings, I think is something to be considered as like, okay, what, it, it, okay, there could be a root cause to this problem and not just, you know, randomness because of, you know, the nature of what, you know, the pitchers that you see late in innings and the way that the Blue Jays lineup is constructed, uh, which is something that Atkins talked about as well. And was like, that's, that's kind of on us. We have too many similar hitters. They also have like right, too many right-handed hitters and you see a lot of right-handed power levers. Uh, and uh, like that, I think is, is a thing, but the runners in scoring position is this kind of, yeah. Yeah. More, the late, more randomness. late and close. I definitely would entertain that a lot more. Also just mm-hmm. the reality is when it's late and close for the Blue Jays over the last, you know, the, the course of the season, pretty much they're at a pitching mismatch the other team has a better Mm -hmm. pitcher in the majority of the time so their their hitting is a function of that like the fact that they're having a hard time hitting this guy you're right like they could really use some left-handed bats and it's been a while where they could really use some left-handed bats they haven't really developed any um but yeah i think that'll look a lot nicer uh say in 2022 if they're able to fix up a decent bullpen Get Jewel and Merriweather back, you know. Get get a good get a good sixty <laughs> innings out of him in the bullpen, and then then those late and close will be a lot better. <laughs> if only, if only. Man, and then he had a setback too. It's uh, it just ain't gonna happen. Unfortunately. Well, uh, apparently, well, apparently it's about pain tolerance. Apparently, it's about setback isn't shutting it down it's pausing and that's oh. what that's what atkins was saying and it's like okay but he's been pausing <laughs> like non-stop for three years he's been pa- pausing tough. non-stop for like eight years unfortunately for <laughs> yeah i suppose that's true yeah one development that i think has sort of flown under the radar a little bit is the change in the guard behind the plate and we've talked about the catcher position a fair amount over the course of the season but it seems like and maybe I've missed it, but I don't think there's been a big statement of like Alejandro Kirk is our guy. But if you look at the way it's moved, the playing time has just shifted um, pretty firmly to Kirk. Like he's starting the majority of the games right now. And, you know, it's not a situation where the Blue Jays, I know many fans have given up hope, but it's not like the Blue Jays have given up hope and they've said, okay, we're not going to make the playoffs. Let's develop Kirk. Like they're still trying to right. win. They're still trying to get in. And they've made the determination Kirk gives us a better chance. Now, that's it's not crazy because the alternative is Reese McGuire, right? So it's yeah. it's not like uh, the hardest choice in the world, potentially. But they are kind of, you know, they're living with some defensive uncertainty, we'll say, to put it kindly, behind the plate, which is not something that a lot of, you know, kind of competitive teams do. What are you seeing from so the beginning of the Kirk era, which may end up being a short era, depending on what happens with Moreno and other people? But it, we are getting a brief Kirk era now, which is fun to watch. Yeah, I, I wonder how much that's a function of just the offense having dried up and being like, okay, this is at least you know we can get a guy who can hit. Like uh, if no one else is going, having Reese McGuire in the lineup uh, makes it not easier. Even though he's come up with some big hits and he's had a really decent year. I bet his uh, runners in scoring right? position numbers are pretty oh, good. Yeah, there I you haven't go, looked right? them up, but I bet they are. 
Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting. They've definitely you definitely noticed the shift. But I mean, I'll, like he was at DH on Thursday, right? So uh, Kirk was so so clearly they like the bat, and uh, I think for good reason. Uh, but it's going to be interesting because Danny Jansen is on a rehab assignment right now, so they're going to have to make a decision fairly soon. Like I think they've, uh, at least earlier in the year, they'd come out and said that you know they're not going to go with three catchers, um, and I think that was when Kirk was coming back, and then Jansen sort of got injured, and that you know the question became moot. Uh, but so now we have the, we're at that point, um, man. It, you know it would be. I, I I don't know that uh, I think they love Danny Jansen, which is uh, which is fair. Not you know because of he all the things that he does that aren't hitting the baseball, uh, unfortunately. Which was also always supposed to be his calling card, and that's that's just that's been such a strange you know career arc for him, uh, like the reverse Kevin Pillar. Uh, but uh, but but I I so I think they're going to I think he's their guy, and I think he's going to be back. Uh, I suspect. I don't know that that's the right choice because I think McGuire's done a really admirable job, uh, and you know, does it's come has come through with some key hits and places, and and has you know, I think his wid runs created plus is like in the in the mid nineties, which is like you know, to to be for Reese McGuire in the big leagues over a bunch of plate appearances to be you know only slightly below average is uh, is pretty remarkable, really. Um, I, I, that I still feel is his ceiling. Uh, but uh, I think, but, I think but it's he, above his ceiling, to be honest. I think he's playing <laughs> well, above yes. the ceiling, and you kind of yeah, take that production. It's like, okay, we banked <laughs> this. We banked this many good outings out of Reese McGuire. Feel great about it, and uh, yeah, and kind of move on from there. Cause yeah. I think he's still projected for like a WRC plus in the 80s going forward or something. <laughs> and, and, and you know, the, the front office, I mean, just trying to think like them, you know, they, they are – you know they're definitely thinking more long term than fans at all times, basically. And they already made the decision at the start of the year that you know Reese McGuire, you know, they put him on waivers, and and he ended up back in the organization. But like they chose Kirk over McGuire, uh, so I suspect that they're going to do that again, even though we've got like another you know big chunk of uh, of data on them, and a bit you know, and it, it, it's a bit of a shame. Like I I feel bad for McGuire because I think he has done a real decent job, but. Uh, but yeah, that's weird. But you're and so you're asking about the the Kirk era. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're I think we're all placeholders until Moreno gets here. Basically, yeah. It, I don't. I like behind the plate. I, I I don't know how much they like him calling games. Like there 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 is definitely still room for development there. Like it's, he's not a finished product, but that's hard to do on a contending team, like you say. Yeah, I mean, he's also 22 years old. Like, normally yeah. catchers are in the minor leagues at this point, and those, like, that is something that you, game calling is a classic thing you build up over experience. Some of the concerns with him in terms of, you know, the way he moves and blocks behind the plate, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't know how much better that's going to get. Like, maybe a little bit in terms of his anticipation and getting more reps and stuff and being able to feel when's the right time to go down. Uh, but, you know, he his body type is unusual. It's no, there's no two ways about it, and it is probably going to limit some of the things he's able to do defensively. And it's going to be an interesting spot. Like again, we we talk about Moreno as if he's going to pan out for sure, and we know right. that that's not <laughs> how it works. But in a world where he pans out because he looks like a fantastic prospect, Kirk is a very odd uh, player to have because he's he's not really a classic backup. He's not a catch and throw guy. His bat is good enough that you can you could DH him occasionally. You can pinch hit him a fair amount. Um, he becomes an interesting player. There's not a lot of teams that have a player like that, like a catcher who is 
beyond starting caliber offensively, maybe below it defensively, um, and has yeah has utility as sort of a pinch hitter and occasional DH and stuff like that. Because normally if a catcher hits that well, he's your catcher. Um, so it, it, right, I'm very right. curious to see what happens with Kirk over the longer term. And it might well be that just, you know, Moreno doesn't reach that level and like Kirk hits, you know, well above league average and they kind of live with some of his defensive limitations and he gets a little better. Like there's definitely a world where Kirk is the quote unquote catch of the future, which we talk about with the Blue Jays. We've talked about it for decades and it never seems yeah. to happen. <laughs> and now we've got like two catchers of the future and Kirk could conceivably be one of them. But it's interesting to envision him in this sort of, yeah, hybrid catcher, professional hitter role that doesn't really exist in the major leagues right now. Yeah, it, it is. And, uh, you know, I don't think that he's a guy that you build your roster around to use him that way, especially if you have, you know, you really like Jansen. You have McGuire, though, for who knows how much longer. And you, I think especially Moreno, and you're right, we're talking about him, especially because, you know, it, it, that production, he was great, obviously, at the start of the year before he broke his thumb, but, uh, you know, it, it was a pretty short window. Like, it's not like he's been doing it, it was not like a full season of him dominating in the minors or, you know, jumping up three levels or whatever. Um, but I do know he's a guy, obviously, that they've liked really, a really long time in the industry, just sort of caught up by noticing his performance. Uh, so that that's interesting. But yeah, you, you like... Do you construct your lineup and your your whole team basically to to utilize Kirk just because it's such an odd fitting piece? Because that's sort of like that's the that's the job, right? Is to is to get the right pieces together. I don't know. It's in, but I think he's I think he's a guy. You probably you have to. I think you have to keep and you have to to take advantage of that and and maybe do that a little bit and maybe you know. Uh, and, and I think that a partnership with Danny Jansen was is probably fine to have like you know a defensive guy just the way that it's worked this summer with Reese McGuire, um, who I, I think that that can help. And I think that you know hopefully you know obviously we saw with Vlad in the off season you know maybe maybe you know some real conditioning work. I don't think that you know it won't it won't change his overall body type or shape, but uh, but can hopefully add to some agility back there and can. Uh, you know, and the game calling stuff can can definitely, as you say, be uh, be developed along the way. So, uh, so you know, maybe you just maybe you do that and stick with them and and prepare to have a hybrid catcher slash pinch hitter slash DH uh, on the bench a lot of the time, or maybe even as your starting catcher next year. Yeah, and I, part of it that's difficult is you really can't teach him another position. I don't think like he would no. be the shortest first baseman that anyone <laughs> is putting out there. And just based on, you know, the way he's built and the way he moves, like, you know, you don't feel comfortable with him anywhere else. Like, he's not one of those athletic, you know, catchers who, like, I know with Jan Gomes for a while, they were trying him at third base in the minors and stuff like that. Right. Like, he's, because his bat is so interesting, you'd love to be able to do that, but uh, you can't. Really, you, you just can't. There, there's nothing yeah. you can do with him other than give him a catcher's mitt. So it's going to be very interesting to see how things play out with Kirk. I'm like, I'm just having fun kind of watching him in the present and, you know, we'll see when Jansen mm. is back and what that playing time looks like. But um, he's, yeah, he's just a ton of fun to watch. Like he, he's on velocity, he takes pitches, he takes balls the other way. Uh, you know, people have called him a slap hitter. I don't think that's entirely fair. I think he can drive the ball a little bit too. I don't think he's going to have massive power, but I think he can have kind of average power um doesn't strike out uh, you know we we like guys who don't strike out these days it's a rarity so 
Um, it is it is quite nice. No, and uh, but also I don't know if it's quite enough to be an everyday DH either. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Sort of issue, yeah, probably not. Like, but uh, yeah, yeah. occasional. But then you're talking occasional DH. Well, aren't you rolling people through that spot anyway? Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, we we had Rowdy Telez. I know he didn't produce, but a big reason why they were willing to give up on him after not that much poor production in 2021 is because they like the flexibility of rolling people through the DH spot. So, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to continue to like that. They're going to continue to employ, you know, Springer, who's going to be getting older and getting some of those at-bats. And, you know, they might sign some free agents who are on the older side as well. And, yeah, it's it's tough. Like you said, it's he's a very tough piece to fit with the other pieces, but, he, but he's also a very interesting talent. And it's going to be tough to see them walk that... Uh, tightrope and figure out what they're going to do with them but for now yeah just enjoy having a catcher who hits because for much of the season that's not what the blue just had <laughs> correct very correct all right before we get out of here uh we'll tee up the weekend series a little bit it is another potential rock bottom with the detroit tigers <laughs> May- i have in my notes like i, I didn't look at my notes because i made them a couple days ago um i wrote maybe the blue jays won't suck this time um, so that's that's the type of hard-hitting analysis we provide here. Maybe the Blue Jays won't suck this time. It would be nice, um, frankly. But the the Tigers, I mean, this is this isn't the the, the hundred lost Tigers. Like they're they're on the upswing. They they have a little bit of talent there. Obviously, uh, the Jays really gifted them a couple games <laughs> last weekend. But uh, but but they're a decent series. I know Dow of Steve was like oh, the Tigers. That's a trap series, and was was proven absolutely correct. But maybe less by what the Tigers did and, and more by what the Blue Jays did or didn't do. Yeah, the Tigers are, like, bad, but they're not a joke. Uh, right, yes. Which, yeah. I mean, they're not the Orioles. No. And also, the Orioles can win games, it oh. turns out, finally. Yeah, I saw a tweet where someone's like, nobody wins 20 straight games against the Orioles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah, and it looks like the Blue Jays might miss Casey Mize and Tariq Skubal again, uh, which is good fortune for them. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're dealing with the Matt Mannings and Tyler Alexanders of the world. And I'm not going to pretend I can give you a good insight on what those guys bring to the table, but I know that they're not as good as some of the guys at the top of Detroit's rotation. So yeah, the opportunity is there, right? With the Tigers, get some Orioles games after that. Like we could be having a very different discussion next week if they're able to capitalize on these games. But you know what? Uh, you know, we had a talk about them going out and beating up on the Angels and Mariners, and that 100% yeah. didn't work out. So, um, yeah, the, the hope is alive, but it is also in the ICU. Um, and they really mm. need to win. Topical. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> As that came out, I was like, oh, that's maybe more <laughs> grim than I was hoping for. Um, but wow. you know what? Yeah. You, you come to Blue Jays happy hour for a little bit more of an unfiltered <laughs> discussion about the Blue Jays. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll be back <laughs> next Friday. Um, as always, uh, we appreciate you guys listening in, downloading, subscribing, reviews. You know all the things that people do that we appreciate. So we will see you again next week.